up, fam? And welcome back to another episode of the Handmaiden Podcast. Thank you all for stopping by the channel and thank you for tuning in through the podcast. Just got to give a shout out to like Jamaica and um, Uganda right now because the numbers in Jamaica and Uganda, you guys are supporting the podcast. So shout out to you. So today I have a special guest on with me. I have Brother Yashikar. <laughs> and so we're going to have a conversation today about um, just what's happening with men. And um, we're going to give you some suggestions on some things that, you know, can be done to help. So I'm going to let Brother Yashikar go on and just tell a little bit about himself. No, uh, I've been uh, uh, doing uh, uh, services uh, with just talking to men. Um, I'm very much in- into that that sphere of uh discussing men's issues, uh, men's men's health, um, and I do that with a group of men that I uh, have now that we just have these discussions, just kind of roundtable talks. Right. Um, most of my career I've spent in marketing and advertising, so mm-hmm. I've been able to see like how things firsthand work, you know, dealing with people in general, just like psychology and how that plays into influencing people to to do things and to behave uh, certain ways and how to influence their behaviors to get um, very specific results, um, and that's like manipulation and um, uh, advertising uh, in our in our films, uh, in our commercials, um, in music, um, and uh, and how it affects people. And then lately, it's been a lot more about you know men's studies, about what's right. going on with men's mental health and and where men are now, especially today in this society, which it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a hot topic, but it's also a very suppressed topic. Um, on a lot of platforms as well is men's health, men's rights, men's uh, groups, men's activists, and how to men to uh, deal with uh, their mental health um, and the conditions that are going on, uh, not just in our particular communities in the in the black community, um, but just men in general, because right. it's it kind of spread into this big thing. It's it, it's right. a real large thing now uh, with men, and so I spend a lot of time uh, in a lot of conversations with with men and just kind of getting a feel for where things are at, um, especially with uh, with married men um, and seeing the the effect that it's having in their homes and that what certain changes that they've made, you know, um, and a lot of the stuff that we do discuss, we kind of come from a scriptural right. uh, background uh, with that, you know, we're very much involved uh, in biblical things, biblical ministry. Um, and so we're looking at ways that how do we apply these things the way that we believe that that the most high God set it up for us to actually counteract what society is putting out there. Cause right now we just see a lot of poison right. uh, being put out there. And I think that's, that it's affecting men just like it affects women. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately there just doesn't seem to be a lot of outlets for men mm. to be able to express themselves or anyone able to teach them how to uh, uh, deal with these things that are going on. So, All right. So it was really important for me to um, have a video like this or to present something like this, because um, I don't believe that, you know, when we talk <laughs> about unconditional love, Mm-hmm. I think that is something that we have to extend to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as a woman, um, I wanted to have this conversation because, um, you know, we're going to look at the um, suicide in mm-hmm. a minute, the suicide data, and we have to address what's going on that a lot of men mm-hmm. are suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I wanted to use my platform to at least start the conversation, you know, and I wanted to do it um, on here because I know that it's going to be done out of love. There's no blame. You know, it's 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 more about unity now because this is the time for us to come together. You know, heaven is open. Right. Yeah. And so it's, mm-hmm. this is the time for us to come together, you know, whether we like it or not and address what's going on, right? We can't turn a blind eye anymore. So, um, and that's what we're gonna do today. So I wanted us to like go in and look at the um, statistics just for um, suicide for men. And then we can look at the so-called black man's, you know, suicide rate mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And then, I, hey, you can just go in from there. So um, I guess we're starting with the suicide rate, which is really high amongst men, especially right now. And and, and actually, the data that you and I had looked at yeah. was talking about 2020, because that's the latest statistical that's data. Latest. It's probably some newer data that mm-hmm. should be coming. But even then, we saw that there, there it's an upward trend. 
right. uh, in in men. And so when we look at these numbers, we we're talking about, you know, they, they talked about at the, sitting at the top of these things for men. It's like non-Hispanic. They talked about American Indian, Native Alaskan. And this was about 23.9 for every 100,000, right? So they were talking about in 2020, we were sitting at about 588. Mm-hmm. But what was surprising is that we would see that in the so-called non-Hispanic white Caucasian group, that this group actually was just sitting at the top yeah. uh, of the suicides rates now among men, you know, and they were talking about 16.9 per 100,000. Now, because of the population, obviously, this is a, a percentage of, of that particular section of the population. So you're looking at 35,000, 35,000 mm-hmm. in the suicide rate. And suicide rate is really high amongst men, particularly right now, because of a lot of what's going on in society, a lot right. of the the confusion, a lot of the changes that mm-hmm. have come, um, which are changes that actually this is these are effects that began years ago, mm-hmm. but we're now starting to see the effect that it's having right. um, on men in society, and and uh, which is fortunate that we're going to even have this discussion, you know, today um, about this because it is a trend that shows no signs of actually slowing down. This is actually a trend that's going up. Now, even in the black, most black men, you know, we actually come in at a much lower rate mm-hmm. percentage wise as a fraction. It's like 7.8, you know, suicides per hundred thousand. And so we were looking at, at that same time where, where the male population for whites was sitting at about 35.5 thousand. You're mm-hmm. looking at about 3,200, 3,300 black men committing suicide, actually going through with it. Now, these are the numbers of people who actually committed suicide, yeah. where they actually not just thought about it, but they actually went forward and carried it out. Right. The numbers get even greater when we talk about how many people actually just consider it, right? right? Or or consider it lightly or who begin to consider it seriously. Right. And a lot of them are for the very same reasons. There is confusion. They're lost. They don't know what their role is in society. Right. They don't know how to uh, cope with a lot of what's going on. And we're not talking about men's, you know, just teenagers. We're not talking about, no. you know, early 20s. We're talking about men in their 30s and into their 40s where this is happening and it's like getting an understanding of why these things are going on but it doesn't seem to be a priority issue mm-hmm. it, it seems to be an issue that is very suppressed that is very held down is what you know what's going on with men right. and i think a lot of it has to do with what we're currently seeing in society where there's this huge demonization of masculinity yeah. you know male toxicity as it's being referred to um, and how could men have why that as if men don't have mental health issues or they don't have problems because this is a patriarchy and everything is, is, you know, made for men. And this generalization is made with this idea that all men are sitting in the same, you know, 1%, you know, this, this, this hyper uh, inflated, men that sit at 1% who have wealth or who have these different things, but that is a small percentage of men. Not all men sit in that. The majority of men are down here at the average or even below average in a lot of these uh, statistics showing them as being not achieving. They're not these overachievers, but yet it's kind of lumped in together as all men are this thing. And that's what's causing these men, especially younger ones, saying, well, how come I don't have these things? Or looking at what a lot is being presented as what they should have or what right. makes them valuable to mm. society or to women mm. uh, in this case. is, And they don't have these things. And so, therefore, they feel kind of left out. Mm. A lot of men are saying they actually feel invisible. They don't feel seen. They mm. feel like they that, that they're not important and they're not they're just they might as well not exist. And this is where we end up with the suicide rate at where it is right now. Because you and I were talking earlier and, I, you know, you were saying because I was at we looked at the rate between men and women with suicide and mm-hmm. um, the women's suicide rate with all ethnic backgrounds was extremely low. Mm-hmm. And so you made a point and you were saying that that's because men are actually going to carry it out. You want to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit more? It's well, I mean, it's it's one of these kind of general differences between men and women is that men will actually carry out. When you look at those statistics that we talked about with women, there was a huge number of women that try suicide, that think about suicide. But Mm -hmm. as far as actually carrying it out, they don't usually have the fortitude to actually carry out the suicides. Mm -hmm. They actually a lot of the suicide attempts that they make are those things where you can mess up or where you don't actually complete it. Right. Right. Where men will find the most efficient way and then they will just do it. They actually go for it and finish it because they're whether it's 
how we're made, how what's within us, you know, genetically in our DNA, men will actually accomplish that. They will go right. for and do that. Men in terms of self-harm, they can go through and actually bypass that, 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 that mechanism, what we call self-preservation, right. that will to live. Men can actually are able to get past that so much easier than women are and then, and be willing to harm themselves actually to bring themselves to death. And so that's, that's what we see, you know, a lot of times they talk about women and suicide, but they, they talk about the attempts, but they don't talk about the actual people who have actually done it. And right. for men, they sit at the top of these things. It's almost the same as when we talk about homelessness, men are more likely to be homeless. Yeah, I've seen right? that. Men are more likely when we talk about, uh, uh being attacked or being murdered, it's men that are more than likely to be murdered. Men have to still consider all these things. And that's not to discount the fact that women don't have the right to, you know, be concerned about their own welfare when out in the streets or running about town or doing whatever it is they may be doing, that women can be attacked more so. But it is men that are more often than women that are attacked, men that are more often than women that are murdered. This happens. This is a serious situation, but yet it's ignored. Um, And a lot of this is to push, you know, there's a current agenda, agenda that a lot of us are aware of this current agenda out there. And it, and basically it counts, it, it boils down to be a divisive thing. It divides men uh, and women. Yeah. It, it's what it's doing. And we're sitting in a portion of uh, a time in history where there's a huge divide and we have media, social medias, whatever, that are all pushing these, these ideas forward. Right. They're all pushing this idea of, you know, men and women, you know, or men, this this history of men being this oppressive force, this toxic thing, this um, this this thing that's unneeded, the cause of all wars, the cause of all these bad things that are going on, and no recognition for the accomplishments that men have done. And so, when you have a young boy, especially in the society right now, who grows up and this is what they're being told, this is what they're being shown about them being men, then you turn around and you tell them that well, there really are no men just as there really are no women, that this is a, a construct. So mm-hmm. now you're erasing gender identities. You're re- erasing gender roles. You've just created this place where men don't even know where they sit mm-hmm. anymore. What value do they have mm-hmm. anymore? Um, and now social media, film, television yeah. is taking away the the traditional masculine male and replacing it with these other ideas of what manhood is um so when we um we had this discussion before and i was telling you like when you say um when automatically comes to my mind when you when i hear someone say black woman Mm -hmm. i think of the word strong Mm -hmm. right and with that you know we were talking about how we need to redefine some of these words because for me now you know when i hear that word um it makes me say, I don't know if I really like that word too much because the word strong. Yeah. When mm-hmm. it, you know, because everything when you hear about black women, black men, you always hear strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to redefine that because, you know, a lot of times when you hear the word strong, you feel like you have to live up to that, right? Mm-hmm. So asking for help, um, that may look like not being strong mm-hmm. or needing or just being vulnerable mm-hmm. that might not seem strong because you've always been told, Hey, you got to be strong. Right. So for men, right. What would you say about that? Do you think that that's something that they have to face as well? Um, it's definitely something that men have to face. Uh, but there is a difference between when we say a strong woman and we mm-hmm. say a strong man. And I think when they apply that word strong um, to women, what automatically comes into mind is a man's mm. idea of strong. We're mm-hmm. talking about physical strength. Uh, we're talking about certain types of mental strength for two. We're talking about things that, that traditionally would be considered masculine. Right. So when you talk about, you know, um, that, 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 that uh, vulnerability, mm-hmm. okay. That's traditionally a feminine quality, a feminine trait. And in order for a woman to actually be able to be, her strongest in her feminine sense she needs to be in a place where she feels safe and secure enough to be vulnerable where she feels strong and safe enough to be all the things that feminine actually traditionally would have meant to be it was a submissiveness about being feminine 
right? There was this vulnerability, this demure, all these things that are associated with the traditional woman, these these traits that women would have had. But it's only that a woman could come into that when she was in a relationship, in most cases, when we talk traditionally, traditional marriage, traditional man-woman relationship, right? That that she had a man that was leading in a certain way that allowed her to feel protected, to feel safe, where she could fully be mm-hmm. what what women were made to be, to to have that vulnerability. If she needed to ask for help, there was there was not considered for a woman to ask for that help. It, it, there's no negative connotation that would have right. gone with that. Mm-hmm. But when we start talking about strong in terms of men and applying that to women, yes, then there's this idea that if I ask for help, I look weak. Yeah. Right. If I if I if I can't do this on my own, I'm going to look weak mm-hmm. because traditionally men would feel that way. It's like men felt like they had to solve all the problems. Mm-hmm. They, it's something they felt they needed to do. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Doesn't mean that that was always the case. But being a man, we were you'd be raised to feel like I'm supposed to lead and do things in a certain way. Right. Where, you know, I don't want to feel vulnerable. Our vulnerability was something that was hidden. The only time, the only one who would see our vulnerability would be the woman in our lives. And she helped to hide our vulnerabilities. Right. Right. But when we don't have that, it's like, what outlet do we now have? Yeah. We don't have that woman to share that with. Because nowadays, unfortunately, the relationship between men and women especially unfortunately in the black community that if you have a woman to share those vulnerabilities a lot of times becomes a turnoff to the woman mm-hmm. a lot of times it becomes something that the woman doesn't you you don't feel that you can be open about certain things or you can't show those vulnerabilities right um and so that's again puts a man in this position of yeah he's got to deal with it but now i got to deal with it by myself right oh go to therapy well yeah, that's probably a really good idea. But for a lot of men, going to therapy is like, I'm going to go talk to a stranger about, you know, what's going on with me. They don't understand me. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. They don't know where I come from. They don't know the things. And again, that's a that's asking for help from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. I can solve this on my own. I can okay. solve these problems on my own. I can figure this out on my own, which what most a lot of men end up doing they end up just tucking that pushing that sweeping that under the rug for a while mm-hmm. or bottling that up for a while but yeah. we both know that that's just pressure that's building up yeah to be released at a later time and usually in a way you don't want to release it right. uh, in an unexpected way and in an inappropriate you know right. time so we spoke a lot about um health women because you know i, I mm-hmm. believe that you know the body is going to is an alarm it's going to tell you mm-hmm. what's going on with you and i think you did some mm-hmm. research about um men's just the health of men and you want to go into that men i mean suffering from heart issues mm-hmm. you know outside the suicide rate men are dealing with heart issues right. they're dealing with kidney issues they're dealing with um the, the bladder issues stomach issues ulcers mm-hmm. um all these things and it's like you know because then uh then you, you bring out the part about the and then which i'm probably you're going to show you know the chart in regards to these things and i have to look at it and say that's what men are dealing with yeah and it's the reason that men are dealing with these things. Everybody's looking at, you know, all these conditions that we're dealing with as there's, it's, uh, you know, it's what you're eating is what you're putting in. It's all these things. And to a small degree, I'm sure that it is those things. Some of those things, right. They add to it, but they're not the root source of the problem. And a lot of the root source of the problems that are men are going on with, I think you agree is that there spiritual things that are going on with them or energy, you know, yeah. that spiritual energy that's going in. It's it's mm-hmm. the decisions and the choices that we're making in our life. Yeah. And we're compounding them. Right. Bad choices Parenting. on top of bad choices. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that we have learned incorrectly from our parents and right. our grandparents. These things that we pass mm-hmm. down, these things that we picked up from um from our, our role models in the streets or right. in, in jobs and these places, and we've applied them in our lives, uh, even unconsciously applying them, right. passively doing these things. And our people get sicker and sicker yeah, from these things. And they never deal with the root cause. You go to the doctor and they say, oh, you got this going on, this going on. Uh, take this pill. You know, right. really, that's a whole different right. topic, but Not take this pill, take this. Yeah. But they don't deal with the real issues. They don't deal with really what's going on with people. They don't deal with the fact that this person's, you know, got severe anxiety and this person's got severe, you know, fear or trauma from yeah. a whole lot of childhood things yeah. that a lot of the stuff, that we're dealing with men um, and women, you know, regardless of where they are, what community they belong to is 
things that they picked up in childhood mm -hmm. that they have not yet let go. Yeah. You know, it's that fear of of spiders that mm. you had that you got at five years old because one crawled on you and you still have that particular fear now that you're 30. Yeah. Why? That's irrational. But we carry a lot of those things. We carry a lot of that trauma with us. And unfortunately, we received a lot of that trauma from our parents who received okay. it from our grandparents, yeah. that, that generational trauma, that generational stuff that goes on. And yeah. we're just carrying those things onward. So in terms of, um, and we spoke about this earlier, just what, you know, what can be done to help, you know, what can women do to help, you know, because men express emotions different than we do. Um, what would be some, what should we watch out for? If, if there's anything that we can do, what would you say? That is, um, I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing. Obviously, the women uh, in a man's life and, and again, I mean, because there's so many variables, you know, I don't know whether it's your wife, your mother, your aunts, whatever, right. depending on Mothers, your age. Cousins, it, yeah. At different levels, there's different things that you could be looking for um, and other ways to um, to to help be supportive in these things. Um, I think for women, the most that women could do is is make themselves available as an outlet for men to be able to speak, you know, the women in their lives. Obviously, this isn't going to go for, you know, just any random woman right. that that a man may be dealing with. We're talking about if we're dealing with some serious issues, that these are the things that 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 your maybe your mothers, your sisters, your aunts. But it's such a hard thing for men to be able to open up in that regards, because what you're asking is for men to be vulnerable. Yet society tells us that we're not supposed to right. be these things. So men want to hold these things in and unless we have learned how to communicate these things through through other men unless we can learn from men that we see as being strong mm -hmm. men masculine figures in our lives who are able to teach us how to do these things it is a really hard thing to get a man to to open up in that way you know um, so how would you you know how would you say like you have fathers who might be watching you know just men who are in other young men's lives how do you teach them to um handle their emotions because you know we had that video you and i watched um mm. how the brother was showing his son how mm -hmm. to handle these things and i think that's what you're saying when you say a, mm -hmm. a man has to really teach that so how would you um what would you say so even in that video that we watched, it, it's a matter of first it was a relationship that 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 boy has with his father right. in that particular case. But mm -hmm. this could be any um, young man, you know, masculine role model relationship that that we have. Something that the young man or man sees as being an, an example of masculinity, of right. manhood, of what we say this is what it is to be a man. That they act the way that men should act. That there's some there's a certain respect. That's automatically held there, especially amongst young men. A lot of times when we see the what we call the OGs or the or the big heads, the, the, these people that were like, those are men. You know, I want to be like that. When you have somebody like that who is capable, if you have a relationship like that with young men where you're able to talk to them, it's teaching them how to control their feelings, teaching them how to not be ruled over by their feelings, allowing them to know that it's OK to feel it's right. OK to be hurt. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have anger. But what it is to be a man is to learn how to rule over those feelings, how to control those feelings, how to understand the difference between being attacked, you know what I'm saying, and defending yourself or just becoming angry because you have a disagreement about something, right. right? What we saw was a father there showing his son that it's okay for you to, to, to be upset. You have a right to be upset. It's okay to shed tears when you're hurt. Mm -hmm. But showing him that there's a there's a time and a place to do that, right. learning where you can do that and how you can do that, and not to act out on your emotions. Also, um, I was talking to um, a friend the other night and she was saying that um, she knows this woman who has sons mm -hmm. and she makes she makes it a point of giving them roses. And so they asked her, well, why do you do that? And she said, because you, you do you know how many men don't ever receive anything? They don't they don't receive a gift. They don't receive they would never probably ever receive roses. It was more of thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that something that you can elaborate on? 
Oh my, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know that I elaborate on. You think you know, that makes from, a difference, from... like appreciation? Mm-hmm. And so I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess you could do, there's a lot of ways that you could probably expand upon that. I don't know that, I know that for me, it, that's not something that I ever felt missing. Right. Right. Is like, I don't, this expecting to receive something or, I mean, it's nice. It's, it's definitely nice to, to receive, especially when somebody gives you something so, suddenly. But for men, it usually is, for men, it's more meaningful when it's something received when they've accomplished something mm. as an accomplishment to something, because it shows that you're moving forward. It shows growth. I've always felt when I was, especially if I was able to do something or figure out a problem on my own, I was able to go out and, 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 and build something mm-hmm. uh, as a child or to go out and figure out a problem or, or do something that was to the benefit of others. If it was recognized um, by others, then that it felt good because it felt like, you know, you're recognized for, for, for accomplishing something. Okay. Right. Um, I think a lot of men, a lot of men, they, they feel good when their accomplishments are recognized. I think that's one of the things that's missing from men is they don't feel that they're recognized for anything. Like I was saying, a lot of men feel invisible. A lot mm. of men feel like they're not seen. Right. So they don't feel like any of their accomplishments, are, they get any validation or any recognition for the efforts that they do make. Right. Right. It, it's it's almost like they feel um, right now there seems to be a focus on putting down, putting them down for who they are, the things that they can't tr- control, you know, the immutable uh, aspects of themselves, than the things that they actually can control and the things that they can do. Mm. And, and it feels like, well, why even bother? Why even try? Right. No one's going to notice. No one even cares. What does that contribute to anything? Right. Because society says that I need to have, you know, X, Y, Z. I need, I don't have money. You know, I don't have a home. I don't have a car. I don't have a good paying job. I don't have these things. So I'm, I don't have a value. Right. right? Women don't see me. Society doesn't see me, you know, and now compound that because coming out of school, just coming out of high school, coming out of these things, men don't have anything when they leave school. You don't have no good paying job. I'm talking, well, particularly yeah. in our community. In our community, Let me yeah. Pull back. In our community, <laughs> we don't, there's certain things with that we leave, we graduate high school, and that seems to be, that's supposed to be like this accomplishment. You know, you've, you, you've accomplished something, but you don't come out with anything that society says that a man should have. And therefore, if you're looking, in this case, you're, you're dating or you're looking for a prospective wife, you're not even considered anything of value. Mm. You don't bring anything, you don't have right. anything. You know, it's going to be another, you know, eight to 10 years before you've built up something that puts you in a, in a place of value in, in that regards. In right. That regard. And this is, again, removing any spiritual aspects from anything, you know, because a lot of what's out there is all about carnal things, all about ego, you know, yeah. physical things, all about what you have, what you right. Nothing to do with your spiritual growth. None of these things. I think that is heavily missing from mm-hmm. men, uh, women as well. But it's heavily missing from men. There is no associated, especially right now, what I'm seeing a lot with the young men. When I was growing up, when my father was growing up, that just seemed to be something that was automatic, mm. is that you had some sort of spiritual upbringing, mm. church, whatever. Ch- I don't care what church you went to. I don't care what religion where you had some sort of spiritual upbringing. Mm-hmm. But there seems to have been over the years, there's just a greater separation from learning anything spiritual right. in fact if you go and look at um an old you know you can go online to the 18 i think it's the 1828 dictionaries one of the webster's old ones right look up the word education a spiritual upbringing a religious upbringing was considered part of a mm. good education mm-hmm. that was part of it now mm. there's no spiritual there's nothing to deal with anything spiritual and this is why we don't deal with like we talked about with the health we don't deal with the spiritual aspects of these things, right. or if we want to talk about the energy, these the, we don't deal with any of the spiritual aspects of life. We only deal with what we can see and what we right. can feel and what we can hear right now. Mm-hmm. And we completely have disassociated that. And then when you've removed any type of spiritual upbringing, right. a lot of these kids don't go to church anymore. A lot of the, par- the parents just don't, don't go. The kids don't go. They don't learn anything. And here we are. So when they say they feel lonely, they feel unseen, they feel this. I, 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 my first, my first thought is where's the spiritual upbringing? They, they don't have anything 
to anchor themselves to, to make them feel that they belong to at least to something, at least like you are, you are still a part of creation. You're still a part of what exists, but there's a complete separation because now you're nobody if you don't have all these physical things. I mean, and, and, and that suicide rate has, is tied into it tells that. You. They, it ties they're directly. always, they're, they're pursuing things that um, they think they need, or it's going to bring value. Their identity right. is tied into it. And if they don't achieve those things, right, then it's like, a now failure. you're depressed and right. you're rejected and you're bitter, yeah. you're angry. You're all these things we talk about. And then when you have all those particular energies running in your life, Ooh. that begins to do what? Affect the physical. Affect the body, yeah. It yeah. begins to affect the body. Yeah. And you get to a point where now, you know, this is why they go through with the suicide. This right. is why they go through with these things. I know dealing with my daughter, you know, and then she, obviously she's not a man, but, you know, this women are not immune to this, this same thing. This is the right. same cycle that women go through. And that's what it was. My, my daughter, unfortunately, was not being brought up in a spiritual sense. I, she wasn't with me. She was with her mother and her mother. They don't have that particular thing. I tried to share that when they were with me. It would be when she would come to live with me that she would actually, we would incorporate that into her daily life. Mm-hmm. And it's night and day when they have that that connection to realize that we are not a, you know, we're not a body with a spirit sitting. Right. What mm-hmm. we said earlier, we are a spirit with a body. Yes. You need Can to you deal with the spiritual again, man or the spiritual woman. You want to repeat that again? We've been <laughs> we talking are about not that. a body with okay. a spirit. We've been we talking are about a that spirit on. with a body. Yes. And therefore, you need to deal with your ailments. You need to deal with them spiritually as well. You've got to deal with the spiritual man, the spiritual woman. You can't just deal, you can't just neglect that. You can't be over here chasing all these things and filling out the carnal man, the carnal woman. And over here, the spiritual woman, the spiritual man is withering, is starving, is dying, and is receiving nothing, yeah. receiving nothing, completely neglected. You know, this is going to come back to haunt you. This is going to come back because you can have look at what these people do when they go out here and they chase this wealth and they get to 50, 60 years old. They've chased all this wealth and they've acquired all this wealth. What are, what are a good majority of these people end up doing when they're older? All that wealth that they chased, they're now spending it to try to prolong their lives because they're suffering with illnesses. They're suffering that this is what they, that this is what they're yeah. dealing with is the illnesses because they never ever s- try to build up any spiritual wealth. They're not right. t- to get involved in. And, I, and when I say spiritual, I'm, whatever you're going to be involved in, meditations, uh, you know, whether it's scriptural things, you Grounding, know, I'm a firm believer in yeah. just there's so many things in the spiritual realm right. that you could be good things that you can do for yourself. There's so many principles that you can follow and people just neglect that. And unfortunately that's just, that's just our education today. That's just society day. They don't want anything to do. They don't want anything to do with anything spiritual. They but don't want anything this, to do with any of that. This is the time of enlightenment. I mean, well, it is constellations and the Maserati tells us that, you mm-hmm. know, we talk about the age of Aquarius, which is really the age of the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, when you deal with the masculine and feminine, the feminine is, you know, internal. It's time to mm-hmm. take a look at the inside, what's going on, in, you know, internally with us. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the text that just keeps pop, popping up in my head is what does it profit to gain the world and to lose your soul? Lose your soul. Right. That's so a, it, chasing, it, you, nothing. You're chasing these things because these things. What, it's going to it, it, what, what did we talk about the other day when you talked <laughs> about the canker worm? You talked about oh, yeah, you gotta, all yeah. these things, right? I wanna, eating these things. Right. You're destroying it. That's what's going to happen. You can chase all these carnal things. Yeah. But when you go into the dirt, when you go back to the dirt, when the body goes back yeah. to the dirt, those carnal things, look, all that wealth that you went and gathered, somebody else is going to spend it. That home yep. you had built, that all that stuff, somebody else is going to live in it. Right. Somebody else is going to take all your things. Yeah. And you are left with not. Because what, did you store up anything in the spirit? Treasures, yeah. Where and is that at? We've been talking about that on the channel that, you know, we are, we come from the most high, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. come from that great. We're sparked Children of the from life. that. Yeah. And um, so I, I believe this is my opinion that um, what happens here when we're in this um, matter, you mm-hmm. know, in our physical body, um, we don't nurture the spirit man. 
Mm-hmm. Everything is mm-hmm. to the carnal. And that's where mm-hmm. you get all these emotions, all this, you know, even the religious systems. It's everything to the carnal man. It's not to that spiritual man. And that spiritual man, we our truest nature is that we're kind, we're mm-hmm. loving. We know who we are because we come from him, right? Mm-hmm. But in this state, you know, I feel like everything placates to that. So one of the ways that we can um start to to get healing is to take a look at the fact that we're just passing through this place this is not our home no this is the world the, this world no this is not our home this it's is not, not the way home. things are intended to be this right. is not this is not intended how uh, how life is to be right um and we should be looking forward to how it is to be and yeah. so in order to do that you've got to deal with the spiritual man spiritual woman you've got to begin to deal with who your creator is. Yeah. You got to begin to deal with the fact that where you come from, like where do you truly come from? We know where your body comes from. We know that came out the dirt. We know that yeah. comes from the earth. Where does what gave life to that body? See, before before your body received that, it was just a body. Yeah. You didn't become a living soul until the spirit entered into it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you do to strengthen that? What do you do, right, to prepare for what is to come? Right. And we're distracted. Yeah. We live in a world of complete distractions. Yeah. We live in a world of keeping you entertained with carnal yeah. things, keeping you entertained with what you see by films and music and movies and television and right. radio and um, vacationing here and, and food and all the pleasurable things. Right. And, and this is something that uh, somebody had made mention to me and said that a man without a, a, a man without a goal, you know, fills his time with pleasures. Mm. That's it. Mm. So he's just been all the time. But it, it, at the end, you're on on that deathbed, on that point where you're about to give up the ghost. What do you have? What do you have to look forward to? A lot of these people are scared, mm. right? You shouldn't be at that point being scared. You it should be looking down. forward. Yeah, yeah. Looking I, forward. Yeah. You're scared because you know you have done nothing to prepare yourself for that. Mm-hmm. You've done absolutely nothing. Right. And if you follow society's remedies for everything to, to having a good life oh get a good job go to school spend get in debt go to college get into more debt right start a business if you can or get a good job become a good slave right for somebody you know work way you know a third two-thirds of your life right you have no time right. to deal with your spiritual things you don't have time you're so tired Right. right. That's the and that's the remedy they give you. Oh, you'll be happy if you have this and you get a home and you do all these things. That's not gonna make a person happy. That doesn't fill you with happiness. Yeah. But a lot they, of people have to go through that in order to find yeah, out. They don't find out. They don't want to listen. They tie their um identity into things. They they're right. They tie their identity yeah. into what they do right. for a living. they they throw themselves into these careers. Right. And then they get to a point, and for a lot of them, they get to a point mm-hmm. where they look back. And they say, I wasted a lot of time. Yeah. They missed out on the things that actually mattered. Yeah. The things that would have given them, uh, that would have built them up spiritually, that would have did good things. And, you, you know, like we're not in the present. Because mm-hmm. even like, you know, with retirement, everything is like, you got to enjoy your life after you retire. Like, come on, man. You know. Why do I got to wait until I am 65, 70 year old to try to, to enjoy? Live. Right. You know, you hear people right. talk like, oh, I can't do nothing to this. No, I mean, we, no. you know, it's, it's present That's a mind, that That is a mindset. Yeah. That's I think you learned it. You learning that right now. Yeah. That's a mindset. Yeah. This whole, Somebody told me that I had a friend tell me the other day was like looking at uh, he's looking at moving and getting a job. And he said something about, oh, I told him how, like I told you, I said, I could never imagine going back to work and working 40, 50, 60 hours a week for somebody else. Hmm. Why? Why? Yeah. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to waste my time? I, I the, What I prayed for was an opportunity where I didn't have to work like that. I could serve the most high and I could I could spend my time studying and learning things right. that matter and still take care of myself and work a few hours a week if that's the case. Right. See, people go out here chasing money as though money is the goal, but they've never set the goal at what it was that they want to make themselves happy and only and, and achieve that. Money is a tool. But a lot of people don't see that as the tool. They see money as being the end thing. Like, I got to gather all this wealth. I need to have all these things. For what? Mm. For what? For what? You know, you and I went over this earlier. Mm. We talked about the conscious mind and Mm -hmm. we talked about the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And then we got into um, 
what the subconscious mind is function, right? Mm-hmm. It holds your beliefs, your creativity, your development stages. That's, I mean, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Emotions, feelings, habits, addictions, imagination, your intuition, long-term memory. We've talked about all this stuff on the channel, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the enemies, right? We talked about the fact that the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, kindness. When we're talking about our spirit man, that's mm-hmm. who we created to be. That's our original identity, right? Mm-hmm. But what's happened here is we have a false identity once we're in matter, right? And we, we're we traveling out of this now. And so some of the things that the way the body alarm, you know, lets us know what's going on is through um, the diseases that we have and what's affecting us. So I have the emotion code chart. I've actually mm. talked about this before, right? And um, when we look at the heart and our small intestines, we talk about the different emotions that affect us. And this is where these diseases and a lot of these things come from. Mm. So we have um, abandonment. See, these are the real enemies. Right. right? And they're right here, sitting here. Things that Mm -hmm. you've gone through in life, things that have not been resolved. It comes out in your body. Comes out right in our health and in the situations, especially those things. So that's that long-term, long-term illnesses, things that you have not dealt with. Right. Things that, 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 that makes a, that makes a lot of sense because what we're talking about here, energy spirits. Right. Are what we're dealing with here in that spiritual sense. Emotions are just energy in motion. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, and, and so when we talk about idols, you know, idols are anything that, um, gets in line in way of your communication with the most high, you know, and here are some of them, a lot of them right here. Mm. And we can go into um, your stomach, anxiety, despair, disgust, nervousness, worry, right? Failure, helplessness, hopelessness. This is, these are the things that, you know, when you're talking about suicide and health, these are the things that's causing that. Lung, lung, or your colon, crying, discouragement, rejection, right? How many of us, I mean, this whole society, I mean, I believe everybody's in um, disassociative identity, you know, Uh right? Right. Here you have sadness, sorrow, confusion. (laughs) This is Babylon. (laughs) And a lot of people- That's what we're we're talking about, that is, right, Babylon. This is, is, and they're creating a lot, and they're creating a lot- more of this and when you see it, it, it to me it's it says a lot when that particular part that confusion being connected to lung and the colon yeah. we see a lot of a cases lung of lung and colon cancers yes. I don't know, people don't understand this and what what we were talking about earlier when i said that in society they what are they creating right now they are creating confusion confusion by the erasing of gender role trying to just they're just creating confusion all this stuff is confusion right all of these things are creating this so what can we expect in the next in in society? Now again, we're talking about dealing with society because these are issues right here. Once you are made aware of these things, and I, I would recommend anybody sitting actually spend time looking at this, is that we're not supposed to be focused on these things. No. We should be letting these things go. Right. And we should be, if we go back up to that subconscious part that you have set up at the top of this thing, those are the places we need to be. Yeah. Our creativity, our development, our emotions, our habits, our imagination, our intuition, which we just talked about, that spirit, that that learning to, to receive, to listen, that our intuitive self. Um, the and, and and like I noticed at the bottom, it said hypnosis uses this part for the change of the mind. Yes. And this is exactly what they do with hypnosis, but it is why now I understand why we are told um I'm, I'm very firm in meditation that we need yes. to meditate and focus on these things. That's I am not good. a practitioner or I'm not, I don't encourage hypnosis only because you have to know who's in control of who's leading you in that hypnosis right. because they can plant more negative things. You're opening yourself up because you're, you are opening when you open the subconscious mind up, like you said, what do we already know? We know it's taken in everything. Yeah. So this is why, if you ever watched people who have done the, the hypnosis, like deep hypnosis, and they've caused people to react on words or they react when they say keywords or do certain things because they're able to drop those things in. Right. They're able to put those things in to cause you to have a, 
a and a, a non-voluntary reaction, an involuntary reaction based and, on that. And if we even go deeper, that's what TV does. That is exactly what uh, we remember I was telling you about film. Yeah. Film scoring and how we lay out the patterns of light and animation. We lay out the scenes. We lay out, lay out everything. And we have a chart that shows us and we are controlling your emotions through right. the entire film process. Yeah. We know at what point and what you should be feeling at every point of the movie, what emotion we're trying to evoke. And we do that through the use of sound, the music. We do that through the use of patterns, which is in the scene itself. We do that through the use of the wording that's going on in the scene. We use that through color that's in the right. scene. All of these things are being used to evoke specific emotions. This is why films and concerts are energy draws. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with, and this gets into the spiritual side of things, when you are bringing in hundreds of people at a time to sit in front of a film for them to all to evoke a specific emotion out of all those people there, what you're doing is you are building up an energy. You're building energy. And where is that going? Who is that feeding? Right. The concert is the same thing. All that energy is being built up to field a an entity. Is what energy is spirit. That's right. It is spirit. Right. So this is why we have to focus on the spirit of love, the spirit of joy, spirit of hope, spirit of faithfulness, forgiveness, mercy, all these things. Those are the spirits that we supposed are supposed to, to pay attention right. to. We don't care about all of this stuff. Yeah. The only thing we, if, if we're conduits, yes, the only we, then we want all that pure energy running through us. We want all that good stuff running through yeah. us. And the only way to have that running through us is to be very conscious of these things until it becomes as it is in here, our habits and addictions. I need to be addicted to that type of energy. Yeah. I need that energy to be a habit. I need that to flow through me because it fuels our imagination. It fuels our creativity. It, it is fueled by our particular beliefs, right? We want to clear all the negative stuff yeah. out. We want all of our reactions here. It talked about protective reactions, but we don't want those. We don't want those to be those negative protective right. reactions where they're, it's, it's, uh, what I was telling you that they're irrational. Right. reactions we want those positive reactions right. how we learn to react to people in a positive way right. instead of a negative way right. right this these are the things that we should be working Focus towards these are the things we need to be teaching things. our young men and women it's renewing the mind mm-hmm. this is the renewing the mind right here mm-hmm. but, and that's where we need that's where we need to be spiritually yeah this is where people need to be at this is this is where it's at because you'll start seeing the benefits of these things immediately Mm-hmm. The benefit of these things is immediate. It is not no uh, something that you got to wait long term to see the benefits of. And and you have to, you know, it's not going to be easy. It's not. No, easy. It's it, it's a conscious effort. Yeah. It is a if you. I mean, depending on your age, if you spent the last 30, 40, 50, however <laughs> old you are, years running through negative energy, it's going to take you some time to clear that out. Obviously, you know, don't expect that it's going to take you as long to to do that, but it's not overnight. It's not going to be in a week or or a month. It's going to take a conscious effort on your part. This is where scripture tells you that you need to check yourself daily, that you be in this truth. That's what you're doing. Check yourself daily. Find, Find something you can do when you open your eyes in the morning. Whether you when, when you go into prayer or some activity that you can spend time first thing in the morning, if you have that, I, I found that a lot of people try to do only do what's convenient for them. Right. right? And they say, well, I got to get up at X amount of time because I got to be at work at this time. If you truly care about your spiritual health, your mental health and these things, then that means be willing to make a sacrifice. Get up 30 minutes earlier specifically for that reason. Get up an hour earlier mm-hmm. to do these things if that's what you have to do. People love to use the excuse that, well, I don't have time because that's not true. Yeah, the me- reality is this, is you have the time to do whatever it is you want to do. So you will spend time on something that's important to you. And if this is important to you, then make the time for it. Right. Make the time in the evening. You know what I'm saying? Make the time in the morning so that you start your day on these things. Make the time in the evening before you go to sleep that this be the last thing on your mind when you go to rest so that this becomes a habit. So, and then when you talk about the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind never sleeps. It's 24 Mm -hmm. hours, right? And the best time to actually work with the subconscious mind is two and three o'clock in the morning because the conscious mind up here 
it's not going to be you that, that's the ego it doesn't interfere it doesn't interfere so when we talk about praying and meditating and things like that and we get up in two and three o'clock in the morning it is a scientific reason why you should because mm-hmm. this part of your mind is always alert and ready mm-hmm. and so you know the the bible can be um can be explained scientifically oh yeah I, I, I'm, a, I'm a yeah the bible there are so many things that are in the bible that you can go back to and prove through science even if they weren't trying to prove these things it's just there yeah this is why i tell people look there's nothing wrong with going into all the very all these different subjects some people feel like oh that's a waste of time but no it's not there's Maybe nothing wrong with studying science yeah. there's nothing wrong with studying geologies architect right. because arts all these things because if you do it with the intent, if you have a spiritual mind, you're going to make connections to all these yeah, things. Right. You know, I, I remember I was telling you how I got the reason I got into gardening and, and woodworking. That was that was a, a a conscious effort and intent to do something with my creator, to spend right. time with my creator. And that's when I found out I, I couldn't believe all of the connections. Yeah. In raising plants and flowers and fruits that go back to scripture right. that you, you just, I mean, it actually starts coming to, I didn't have to go. It was not like I was reading about saying it was just coming to my mind as I'm doing these things. Right. And I pray as I do them. And this is the part that for a lot of people that you want to get into the habit when you, when you hear that pray without ceasing, that's your opportunity to pray without ceasing. Yeah. It's just questioning, just asking questions throughout the day, talking to your father and just asking questions, right. wanting to know, Right. Scripture tells us what? That it's the, the glory of the Father to hide a thing, but it's the honor of kings to seek out a matter. Yeah. Seek it out. Like I told you, I said the most high doesn't put answers on the side of the road with a big <laughs> sign pointing at it saying, answer found here. No, no, no. You're going to dig for this. You're going to search for this. Process. I promise you will feel mm-hmm. the, 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 the joy you feel, that mm-hmm. excitement you feel when you find that yeah. something. Press and it. then you're ready to run out and go share it with somebody because you're like, oh, I need to share this. Yeah. That's a wonder. That's that's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful yeah. thing, especially when you know that the father gave that to you. Yeah, he gave it to you. you didn't, it didn't come out of some particular book you read. You did some searching. You did a lot of things and the spirit led you to these things. Yeah. And, you know, the father shared that with you. And that should excite you to want to dig for more. We just thank you for coming on and, you know, sharing, sharing with us. And I appreciate um, it. Thank you. so um, thank you all for stopping by the channel. Thank you all for tuning in through the podcast. Shalom.